Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt of the Butt Knight. And I am Sir Jimmy of House Nuts. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into the first tier of our Night of Seven Kingdoms. That's right, Duncan Egg Iceberg. Yeah, you know, Jimmy, we're going to be getting the Duncan Egg Night of a Seven Kingdoms show here in a couple years. You know, the writer strike's definitely putting it uh, is dampering it down a little bit, right? Uh, and we're going to have to wait a little bit for it here. But man, I gush about this book anytime I get to dive into it. The Night of the Seven Kingdoms, which is the first three stories. Um, and man, it's just so interesting. It takes place just, you know, around a hundred-ish years before Game of Thrones. And there's so much interesting things that happen inside of these books. And it also connects to where we're at in the main series. Goes even, you know, there's even theories and things that go back further into like house of the dragon territory, you know, the fire and blood series. So it's just so, so much fun to be diving into it. And I think we've got about 15, we're going to do 15 total theories, perhaps more, but uh, today we're just going to be doing tier one, which is sort of the surface level. These are sort of the things we kind of know and some of the, the theories, but uh, yeah, I'm, ex I'm excited. Yeah, it's very exciting. I mean, you know, icebergs are fun whenever they are theories or conspiracies, uh, but also there's there's also a lot of good just surface level knowledge in these. So they can also be informative. And, you know, tier one, uh, most of our listeners are pretty uh, into the fandom. So I think most of you are going to be like, well, duh. But just remember, as we descend, it will get a little bit more crazy. Yeah. And my guess is that just like the other, you know, the other one we did is that people will be listening to this on the podcast or perhaps coming back to this in a couple years when the show comes out and they're looking for some knowledge of, you know, some of the deeper things inside of this. So that's mm -hmm. uh, how we'll be kind of tackling this today. So I'll start here, Jimmy, with tier one theory one. Is Sir Duncan the Tall actually a knight? The first scene of the Hedge Knight, we see Duncan the Tall burying Sir Arlen of Pennytree, the knight that Dunk squired for before the story begins. Duncan explains that as Sir Arlen was dying, he knighted Dunk. This, however, comes into question more than once, as not only do several people challenge Dunk on his actual knighthood, but Dunk gives the reader several indications that he's kind of still figuring out what it means to be a knight so i have a couple quotes here i'll i'll pull up and then we'll, and then we'll discuss so this is when duncan is actually trying to sign up at the beginning of the hedge night for the tourney at uh ashford meadow here so plumber pursed his lips my lord's tourney is a contest for knights are you a knight he nodded wondering if his ears were red a knight with a name mayhaps dunk why had he said that Sir Duncan the Tall. And where might you be from, Sir Duncan the Tall? Every place. I was a squire to Sir Arlen of Pennytree since I was five or six. This is his shield. He showed it to the steward. He was coming to the tourney, but he caught a chill and died, so I came in his stead. He knighted me before he passed with his own sword. Dunk drew the longsword and laid it on the scarred wooden table between them. The master of lists gave the blade no more than a glance. A sword it is, for a certainty. I have never heard of this Arlen of Pennytree, however. You said you were his squire. He always said he meant for me to be a knight as he was, but as he was dying, he called for his longsword and bade me kneel. He touched me once on my right shoulder and once on my left and said some words, and when I got up, he said I was a knight. Hmm. 
The man plumber rubbed his nose. Any night can make a night. It is true, though it is more custom customary to stand a vigil and be anointed by a septon before taking your vows. Were there any witnesses to your dubbing? Only a robin up in a thorn tree. I heard it as the old man was saying the words. He charged me to be good, a good knight and true, to obey the seven gods, defend the weak and innocent, serve my Lord faithfully and defend the realm with all my might and swore that I would. So I have a few other things we'll get into uh, here in a bit. So, Jimmy, what are your sort of thoughts on this? Is Sir Duncan the Tall actually a knight? Is he sort of lying about it? He never directly says that he wasn't, but there's certainly indications to think that he might just be kind of making it up. Matt, I, I answer your question with a question of my own. Does one need a ceremony to be a knight or is it something that you have inside you? There you go. <laughs> I think uh, I think area Hota chapters and a feast for crows definitely kind of echo this in some manner because we see soiled knights a lot in a song of ice and fire knights that maybe aren't living up to the knightly code. Uh, so in that regard, I think Sir Dunk is maybe the best knight of them all. However, if we're going by actual customs, I don't think there's any chance that Dunk was knighted by Sir Arlen. I think that the breadcrumbs are here that we can make this connection. I see why this is on tier one, because to me it's, it's obvious that he is not a knight, at least by ceremony. Yeah. I mean, in theory, Sir Arlen of Pennytree could have knighted him beforehand. And some of the things that Dunk says where he sort of alludes to it could just be because he's burying him in the open in the opening of it. And then literally it's like the next, the very next thing he does is go to this tourney. So I'll pull up. The, I have this this next quote here, right, which is his first interaction with Egg, which we don't know it's Egg on, you know, Egg at the time. It's just a, a stable boy. The boy looked at him uh, brazenly. I could if I wanted. Dunk frowned. I'll have none of that. I'm a knight. I'll have you know. You don't look like a knight. Do all knights look the same? No, but they don't look like you either. Your sword belt's made of rope. So long as it holds my scabbard, it serves. Now see to my horses, you'll get a copper if you do well and a clout in the ear if you don't. Then he goes on a little bit and he's he goes to this inn and he's having some food. He's like, this is what it means to be a knight, he told himself as he sucked the last bit of meat off the bone. Good food and ale whenever I want it and no one could to clout me in the head. Later, he's sort of thinking a hedge knight must hold tight to his pride. Without it, he was no more than a sellsword. I must earn my place in that company. If I fight well, same lord, some lord may take me to his household. I will ride in a noble company then and eat fresh meat every night in a castle hall and raise my own pavilion attorneys. But first, I must do well. So in theory, you know, Dunk could be actually be a knight. He could, Sir Arlen could have, as he said, put the sword on him and said, you know, here you go. Here you go. Because all it takes is a knight to make a knight. So if he did those things, then by technicality, Dunk could actually be a knight and him thinking about what it means to be a good knight is because he's like a, he literally was knighted like yesterday. So that could be the case. Or is he trying to convince himself? And it, here's the thing with Dunk. We know that George likes to write very complex characters, very nuanced characters. This is what makes Dunk and nuanced character is that his one negative trait is that he's not just lying to everyone around him, but he's lying to himself. Well, I could, that could be. So the reason I don't think he is, 
is because I think the whole purpose of this story is not just Dunk and his sort of secret identity, but also his companion, Egg, right? Yep. Which is Aegon, you know, Targaryen. He would go on to become Aegon the Fifth, an actual king, Aegon the Unlikely. And here he is parading as a stable boy. He shaved his head because he doesn't want anyone to see his hair. And so it's really the tale of both of these characters. And they're both in, in a very similar situation. And so I think that's sort of the reason why Dunk isn't actually, you know, he probably wasn't actually knighted by Sir Arlen of Pennytree. Sir Arlen of Pennytree probably just died. Maybe he was going to knight Dunk beforehand. And he probably would have knighted Dunk at some point. Yes. I, I think that that is probably what Dunk was thinking. But who knows? Maybe Sir Arlen didn't want this for Dunk. You know, because being a knight in this era is not what it was whenever Sir Arlen started out. And also, like, what house would Dunk go to? Would people accept him? You know, and especially for the fact that he came from Flea Bottom. Uh, maybe Arlen was trying to save him from a, a tough life. Maybe saying, go go do something else. Uh, don't risk your life for this. Who knows? I think if we ever do end up getting any more Duncan Egg novellas, or maybe we'll get in the show, I think we'll see a little bit more context around exactly what happened between these two. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Now, we do know that Dunk will go on to become, you know, the Lord Commander of the Kingsguard. If you go, if you find yourself into the Kingsguard, does that automatically, are you like, it's just like you're, by technicality, you're then sort of a knight? Maybe so. Maybe so, man. I, yeah. I just, I, I, I look forward to deeper in the iceberg, is all I'll say. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Um, okay, so here we go with number two. And this and these next two, which is basically just tier one, because uh, we only have three novellas and it's only about 10 hours audiobook wise of actual material. But um, and as we get crazier, they will get. But this is remember, this is level one. This is surface level. So Brienne of Tarth is actually a descendant of Duncan the Tall. So this actually is something that was theorized for many, many, many years just because of Brienne of Tarth's size. But I'll get into it here uh, because we do actually have actual confirmation. So Brienne of Tarth is known for her sheer size and stature as she is incredibly strong and powerful for a woman in A Song of Ice and Fire. However, her ancestry can provide some reasons as to why. In a 2016 convention in Baltimore, Balticon, George R. R. Martin read a sample chapter of Winds of Winter, and during his time in front of the crowd, he actually announced that Brienne of Tarth is, in fact, a descendant of Sir Duncan the Tall. Now, we don't have much lineage of House Tarth, but it does raise a question and give us something to look forward to at the same time is who did Duncan the Tall cross paths with that could be related to Brienne of Tarth. This is one of my favorite theories because it's true, but also yes. because, because I love Brienne and I love Dunk. So them being linked together and going through very, very similar thematic arcs is one of the beauties of A Song of Ice and Fire. And we're talking about what a true knight is, who's actually been knighted, who can make these, these claims. And we see that Brienne of Tarth is actually embodying what a knight should be. And I would argue that the status of knight even means less, unfortunately, or maybe it's more hypocritical than ever before uh, when we get to her in A Feast for Crows. Yeah, so I um, actually have this pulled up here as well. So 
in 20 uh wow uh so this is from 11 years ago so this is two uh whenever a long time ago um for a long time george r, r. martin had just said that, had actually confirmed that one of we have already met one of duncan the tall's descendants so everyone sort of assumed it was brienne of tarth because of her size right and mm -hmm. that she's very tall pretty similar you know story really a very sort of unlikely knight character and um you know uh just big powerful sort of woman and she shares a lot of if you really look at both characters personality wise they're also very similar uh as well and what they sort of they're kind of like true virtuous characters right yeah is what they what what they strive for but yeah so the question really is about this so then george did actually end up confirming that brienne of tarth is that doesn't mean there aren't other characters and we'll get to that uh, in our next our next point here but uh, where do we think where, where do we think that this this descendant you know if she's a descendant where's where's the ancestry lie where does it connect that that's a tougher question, right? Because we know Dunk and Egg go all over <laughs> uh, Westeros. Uh, so I would imagine it would have to be somewhere near Tarth, right? Uh, will we see that yeah. in the books? And like, how does that, you know, obviously Dunk is not Brienne's dad. So there's a lineage that we, have, right. to, we have to consider as well, which is, is tough because there, there's a couple missing links here for sure. Right, because for her to be a descendant doesn't mean, you know, obviously he's not a member of House Tarth. So he easily could have, you know, been with Brienne's, you know, like great, great grandmother would ultimately be maybe like you need to be the way it, you know, it, it would it would work. Right. Or like, I don't know, great, great aunt or something. And then it sort of, you know, comes comes down the way they're not that far removed because this doesn't take place that far ahead of it if it is somebody who is like actually from the isle of tarth i think maybe the most logical time would be when he's a member of the king's guard because it's i think tarth is relatively close right yeah. isn't the isn't the isle of tarth yeah it's in the stormlands right? i'm yeah, remembering just, correct yeah yeah it's just it's just sort of off of the yeah the the, the stormlands yeah it's actually just like you know you could it's storms it's pretty close to storm's end um so you know th that's not too far from the crown lands really yeah i guess so that that would, could... that would be the link right geographically yeah Ge yeah geographically and timeline would be the would would be the way to look at it yeah i think i believe i believe brianne of tarth is probably she's roughly around the same age as jamie isn't she yes so, <laughs> right. So, so D Sir Duncan the Tall is probably like in grandfather or great grandfather mm -hmm. territory. Is Brienne is Brienne related to Hodor? That's that's the big question here. Well, that's that's one we will definitely get to later. <laughs> is is Hodor? That was another character though that everybody thought was you know was potentially and there is there is definitely things theories and speculation to well, that and we will get hodor's mixed in with blood raven blood ravens in this series dunk and blood raven i mean who knows yeah let me just real quick here i just want to click 
Yeah, so Brienne of Tarth is born in 280 AC, which is like, you know, roughly that's like around the same time as like Jamie, I believe. Um, so like her family, yeah, her family tree, all we know is that um, you know, yeah, her father's name is Selwyn. He had an unknown wife. So yeah, I mean, it that might be the case. Maybe when Dunk was in the Kingsguard. But George has confirmed it. So I mean, it, we know it. it. We know it's a thing. Yeah, this is this is less theory, more information. Uh, right on the iceberg here. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to our final point here of tier one. Now, this one is actually sort of theory, but this was another character that everybody thought for a long time. And this character is very briefly even mentioned. He doesn't do much outside of this one little chapter. Uh, and that is a character known as Small Paul. So is Small Paul a descendant of Duncan the Tall? Small Paul is another possibility for being related to Dunk. Small Paul is a member of the Night's Watch, and despite his nickname, he's actually very tall and very strong. He is shown to be good-hearted as he loves animals and doesn't really want to have anyone, doesn't want to see anyone get hurt, but his loyalty does come into question a little bit as he is involved with Clubfoot Carl and Chet's plan for mutiny, but he is also mentioned as being dumb and you know, with the phrase thick as a castle wall used to describe him, which is something that Sir Duncan the Tall thinks of very often. Dunk the Lunk, you know, thick as a castle wall. He thinks about he 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 says that all the time. So it, this could go one of two ways. Either this is straight up confirmation, which I'm leaning towards or uh, because Dunk ends up being somewhat of a legend, right, in the King's Guard, maybe him saying that over and over and over, it becomes a saying, at least. But but then how does Small Paul end up hearing the saying whenever people don't even know what the king looks like? You know, some people have never right. even seen Robert Baratheon when he's king, and they're not sure who's who's who. Um, so I feel like that phrase catching on from, you know, what would be a somewhat recognizable King's Guard member, uh, Dunk the Tall, is unlikely so i like this i like this being I, the, the idea that we're just experiencing the series and there's just little dunks running around and just like his legendary seed spreading for lack of a better term this episode is brought to you by hymns no i'm just kidding yes it is I, oh is well, it yeah no Maybe. it's not anymore Maybe. but yeah you never know. They might hit us. They might hit us back up. Hey, well, uh, in, in in the Night's Watch and the King's Guy, it doesn't matter. And you know? any of it. Yeah. So so small Paul, you know, th this this could be a case that he dunk is actually related. But small Paul really only shows up in like I think it's like he's only in like one. He's in two chapters, right? He's in like I know he's on the he's on the yeah. prologue, and then I think he's in a Sam chapter. And this is so harmless, right? It's yeah, it's totally harmless. It could just be George doing something that people will think is funny and it'll be, yeah, you know, I something so. just a misdirect by George. And I know some people might, you know, this you might think we know that at some point Duncan the Tall goes to the Night's Watch and he goes to the wall, not as a member of it, although that's another theory and we'll get to that way later. But uh, <laughs> but some people think, well, he we know that he goes to like Winterfell, which is relatively close at at some point just to visit. But of course, that doesn't mean that that his son, if Sir, you know, if Small Paul is related to him or whatever, he would be Small Paul would have to be also in the same category as Brienne, like grandfather or whatever. You know, Small Paul's at the Night's Watch because he did something wrong, not because yes, right. yes. not because that Duncan the Tall was there in proximity. So he could be from any region. 
really. We don't really that, know. We don't really we don't really get a good description of him. We don't know if he's where he's from. He could be Dornish for all we know. Yeah, this feels like an Easter egg for me. This is George yeah. giving us a little wink and a nudge, and it has absolutely no bearing on the story at all, which is why it's it's okay if we just say this is true. Unlike something like you know Tyrion is a tra uh, time traveling Targaryen fetus or whatever else uh, people have cooked up in the past. Yeah, yeah, and so the 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 kind of connection is one that his you know small Paul. He's very so also sort of rhymes with Duncan the tall um, and that mm -hmm. we know he's, we know that he's very strong. And in the chapter, it actually says that, you know, that he once broke the back of a wildling with a bear hug. So <laughs> love it. Love that. So keep that in mind, right? Cause we know that dunk is like extremely, extreme, extremely tall. So, um, okay. So that is tier one. Now this iceberg's going to get crazier as we progress further. And you know, we'll be coming back week to week. Uh, knocking these out and then just like we did for our house of the dragon one we'll put it all together into the big youtube video and as well as a uh you know just one big podcast for that but yeah definitely kind of fun to be diving into this and uh tier two actually gets a little more a little more crazy but tier yeah, one this is just this spicy. one's this one's kind of surf this one's kind of just surface level true our house of the dragon tier one was like pretty theory heavy too yeah i in retrospect i think we should have done a little bit more of the surface level stuff because a lot of times icebergs while they are theories they're informational they're they're base knowledge and really this tier one is just getting our feet wet before we take the dive you know yeah 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 no we'll be back yeah so we'll be back with tier two in our next episode and uh stay tuned we've also got uh, i got a bunch of stuff going over on youtube shorts as well as on TikTok. I was on vacation last week. Jimmy filled in. I really appreciate that. Jimmy's going on vacation next week. It's that summer, a little mid midsummer break. But yeah, uh, so. sometimes you got to take some time, you know? Yeah. So, all right, guys. Well, with that, as always, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. Our next episode, we will be back here with tier two and maybe tier three. We'll see how it goes of the song, A Night of the Seven Kingdoms iceberg. And if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, or leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com or bendthenepodcast.com. We'll see you next time. And remember that winter is coming. <laughs>